Hello, this is Cardboard Mama. And the husband. And today we will be doing another top 10. Yay! I love top 10s. Our top 10 today is top 10 tile laying games. And this one was really interesting because a lot of people have different definitions of tile laying games. How did you go about defining it? The way that I defined tile laying games for this list was if tile laying is a primary component of the game. Not if it's just, yes, there's a little bit of a tile laying element, so that's going to eliminate things like tapestry, for example, or Great Western Trail for me. If the tile laying is the reason why your butt is in the seat, that's going to be something that I considered. Tiling for me is something that you're creating. You're tiling something into creation. Like Great Western Trail, you're just building buildings. They are tiles, but they could have been something else um, onto the board. And yeah, you know, you're building building, but th- there's not like a cohesiveness to them. That's profound. I like it. So that's how I went about it. Yeah, I won't go any more into that, or it kind of seems a little spoilery. Number 10. My number 10 is a game that is very near and dear to Cardboard Mama's heart. In fact, it's her favorite game of all time, forever and ever and ever. And that's Galaxy Trucker. I have no idea why this would be on your list. You do not like this game, and you never play it with me. I get frustrated by the game. And last time I said, I think it's growing on me a little more. I've been doing more and more thinking. I think that I might like Galaxy Trucker, even if it really frustrates me. And makes me want to flip tables, slash go into a fetal position, depending on how things are going but you know what I think that if you were going to say do you want to play Galaxy Trucker at any point I would probably say yes I'll play it unless you know I'm already traumatized from some other game you picked interesting my argument for this being a tile laying game is that building your ship is the main attraction of the game Oh, I don't think you have to argue that it's a tile laying game. Uh, you know that there are probably some people who would say, oh, Galaxy Trucker's not a pure tile laying game. Well, okay, it's not a pure one. Like, yeah. It meets the criteria, though. Yeah. I mean, they're tiles. You're laying them. In my random thing, you are creating something. So, number 10, Galaxy Trucker. I continue to be at a loss for words why that would even be close to your your list or in your top, like, 30 tile laying games. My number 10 is much, much lighter than Galaxy Trucker. It is King Domino. The first time... uh, this King Domino is from 2016. It's by Bruno Cathala and published by Blue Orange. The first time I tried King Domino, it was with the Giants expansion, and I did not like it at all. 
No. Too, too attacky. And some of the people I was playing with, they weren't having a good time. And that kind of... That definitely affects games for me. If when I'm playing it with someone, if they just hate it forever, it makes my experience go down. So I kind of just kind of brushed it off as uh, easy game, whatever. Then it came on Board Game Arena and I was playing it with my mother-in-law. And I really like it. I think it's really simple. And straightforward, but man, making sure you can actually place all your tiles. And when you're playing two player, you can do that super seven by seven, which is really fun. Really fun. But I messed that one up more than the little one. But I just really like it. And I think the little designs where each tile is different, like the Loch Ness and some of the on the water tiles and stuff like that, I just think it's really nice. And I think. I think it deserves all the praise that it got when it came out. I agree. It's a really good game. It is actually my number 11. I had a very hard decision between Galaxy Trucker and King Domino. Just such a good game. And I kind of prefer the 7x7, honestly. I find the the 5x5 easier, but... I like that you get more tiles to seven by seven, but I do have more problems with it. I don't know why I can't wrap my head around that, but there you go. That's my number ten. Number nine. My number nine is actually my most unique one because you are not building it on a table. You build it in your hand, and it's called Planet. Came out in twenty eighteen. And it was put out by Blue Orange, because I'm not even going to begin to try to pronounce this designer's name. (laughs) But you have a 3D orb, and you are putting magnetic tiles onto your world and your building, and you're trying to attract different animals, depending on the cards that come out. Like, you might want the biggest desert, but it can't touch water, but it... So, it's just really interesting. It is so unique. I haven't played another game that's like that. And it's really easy and quick. And it just looks really cool. It's really fun. It's a solid choice. It's funny that you mentioned that because my number nine is Planet. (laughs) Uh Everything that Cardboard Mama said, completely agree with. You've got the spatial element is so fun to play with. I really, just really like playing it, having to think three-dimensionally and continually kind of play around with your planet. Like, you're moving it around in your hand, you've got that tactile element, uh just makes this really special. There's a surprising amount of depth in it. And especially in the later rounds where there are multiple scoring criteria, how you place things is just really kind of brain-burnery. Uh, but I, I'm so happy that you found this game. 
Do you remember where you heard of it? One of the usual suspects? I don't remember. But my number nine, also Planet. Number eight. My number eight is a uh, slightly older game that was one of the earliest additions to our collection, and that is Attica. Attica is a game where you've got hexagonal tiles and you're able to draw from different predefined piles to try to get the tiles that you need. You get bonuses for your tile placement in terms of being able to lay down tiles for free if they're next to a certain other tile. It's something that has withstood the test of time. I don't think it gets nearly enough love these days. It gets no love these days. Well, yeah, I mean, it's... Now, I don't know that you can find it either. That's true. But uh, my number eight is Attica. My number eight is a brand new game to me, actually, this month. The episode before this is all about it, so you can go and listen to it in depth. It's Carpe Diem. 2018, it's a Stefan Feld game, Aaliyah Ravensburger, and all the things you've probably already listened to about it. I just really like it. It's It has a unique rondelle system where you're not going just right or left. You go across in a star pattern. It's a very cool scoring system where it's a grid of cards and you have discs and you can use two scoring cards per round. So your scoring is always changing and your opponents can't use the same scoring, which is fascinating. And it's just really cool. You build up your own little area with fields and produce fish and chickens and all sorts of stuff and I just really enjoy it. It looks like the 90s but there you go. I'm really surprised that that uh, has already crept into your top 10. That's impressive. I, I like it that much. We'll see if it has staying power but because the top 10 is you know this moment in time it's, it totally deserves to be on there. Number seven. My number seven is the oldest game on my list. The original version came out in 1964. It is by Sid Saxon, and it is the classic game of Acquire. The first version I actually played was the Avalon Hill version in, uh, that came out in 2008. I just really enjoy Acquire. It's not really something that you think would be up my alley generally it's docs and mergers and business and it's not really anything that I generally look for in games and depending on your copy most of them are not lookers either no absolutely not but you have this uh, board of numbers and you're creating little hotel Dynasties? Depends on the version that you're playing. Oh, okay. Um, Usually it's hotels, but the newer edition is utilities. 
Okay. Uh, the whole My Holy Grail, which, spoiler alert, going to talk about this one a little bit later on my list. Well, then we'll, we'll wait for that. But, um, yeah, I just... I think it's one of those games that's so good that it busts through what it looks like. Solid choice. Uh, you know I love that one. My number seven is going to be an SDJ winner. Published by Mayfair. May they rest in peace. And that is Isle of Sky. Isle of Sky is a really fun, really solid game. I like that you've got multiple ways to score, and those scoring, how you score is going to change every time you play. And not only every time you play, but every round you play. I love the auction element of being able to uh, kind of buy your tiles. I guess that's more of a marketplace. But I think that's the most unique part of this tile lane, is that you... Secretly, you each have three tiles. Three tiles. Three tiles, and you're just you decide you have to discard one, and then you set the price for the other two. And if someone buys them, they pay you, and you get to keep your money and their money. And if but if no one buys it, then you pay for it, and you get to keep it. So you're trying to price stuff that you want to keep a little higher, but you don't want to you know pay an arm and a leg and that sort of thing, and. It is definitely a tile lane game, but I think my favorite part of that game is the auction market manipulation more than the actual. The actual tile laying. Yeah. I can see that. And one thing that I've noticed with this game, particularly with you uh, last time we played, is that when you're playing with physical tiles... The symbols on these tiles are not always going to be oriented the same way. And I know that both of us, but you in particular, tend to fall prey to what I'm going to call carcassonitis. Where you're going to want to try to complete your features in an aesthetically pleasing way when you don't necessarily need to. And that's my downfall with this game, is I want everything to match. Exactly what I was saying. That's what the Carcassonitis is. Like, every feature matches, and it looks cohesive, and it's very pleasant. But in the rules, it specifically says that you do not have to match. And to get the most points, generally, from the cards that are going to be scoring each round... Don't match it. Do not make it look pretty because you're probably not going to score as many points as you could have if you would have just put it in a place to actually score points. Now, when he was talking about um, the animals and stuff don't rotate, we played it on Steam and they actually have the animals rotate. And that's probably my favorite part of the digital version. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that is my number seven, Isle of Sky. Number six. My number six is a game from Avalon Hill. It's not a choir. Mm. It is a game that is just absolutely 100,000% in need of a special edition with nicer, prettier bits, and that is a Vegas Showdown. Uh, in Vegas Showdown, you were building out a casino. You've got to balance how much money you're spending with how much money 
you're kind of anticipated to bring in. It's a really fun, really strategic game, but boy, does it just look bad. It looks so bad, and the theme you could do so, 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 so much with. Uh, I, I know that there's a newer edition than mine. I've got... Really? Yeah, they re-released it with but different cover art. art. Different cover art, but the pieces look exactly oh the same. Oh my gosh, that is definitely... Like, why would they do that? Lost opportunity. I haven't played that game in a million years because it's 3+. plus. But I really like it. Like, I love building out the casino and the different things. So I would love to see a facelift to that game, too. It totally needs one. My number six, Vegas Showdown. My number six, pretty popular little game. We had to wait for a reprint to actually get it in our hands. In 2017, from Lookout Games and Phil Walker Harding, it is Baron Park. In Baron Park, you are building a park for bears. It is an adorable little polyomino game, and you have separate boards, and you are taking the little polyominoes and covering different spots, and that will unlock better polyominoes. And then one of the more interesting things is that you will start with your own square. And you are adding polyomino tiles to that square. When you hit a certain thing, I think it's a construction symbol. Can't necessarily yeah. remember. But when you hit that certain square and cover it up, you get a whole nother square to add on. So you actually don't start with your entire space in the beginning, even though it's a set space. Yeah, it's really interesting because you're not necessarily locked into it being a grid. Uh, you can have all of your park segments kind of in a line if you want to do it. Uh, it you could have like a little skinny park. Or... Yeah, very interesting flexibility. Yeah, I like that part a lot. Um, I do worry a little bit about replayability, but I heard the expansion, which we definitely cannot get our hands on until it gets reprinted. The Bad News Bears expansion. That name always makes me smile. The expansion adds monorails, which gives it this cool 3D effect because it's actually raised and they look like monorails above your board. And I heard the expansion just adds so much more depth to it. And the reason why Baron Park didn't make my list is because I'm waiting for that expansion. I liked the base game a fair amount. It's one of my honorable mentions. But I'm waiting. I think the expansion is going to have what it takes to really bring it through, and it'll probably end up joining a future version of this list. But it wasn't quite enough to make my top ten. But it's just super cute, and who doesn't want to build a park for bears? And, yeah. Number five. My number five has already been mentioned before by the husband. It is Attica. This is 2003, so it's 17 years old. Wow, we're old. Um, Hans and Gluck, everything he said, it's set in ancient Greece. Um, the super cool thing about this one is everyone has the exact same tiles. 
you are not drafting them. You don't pull them from a bag. Everyone shuffles them all together and puts them into separate piles. And then as an action, you can flip them over from the piles and then you can decide to save them or try to build them immediately. Now when you're building though, everyone's building on the same map. So how you win, you can either build all of your things, all of your tiles, or you can connect two of the pantheons. Yeah. The I, two buildings. I can't remember what they are. They're like temples or something. Maybe it is temples. Um, if you can get a line of your buildings to connect those two, then you also win. So people are trying to block you. It's very strategic because when you cover up spaces, like there will be like mountains or water or whatever. And when you build, you have to use those resources. When you cover them up, you don't have them anymore. So you're trying to get your stuff down. And then there's a map of how these are built out. There are black bordered ones. And if you build that first, then there are things that will build for free if you connect it to it. And you have a main city um, like Athens. Athens. Rome, that Sparta. sort of thing. Yeah. And a lot of things build off of that. So if you can get that down early, it's beneficial to you. But people will try to fill in around that city. So then you can't build off of it. It's just really fascinating. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't look the best. Like it's pretty dry. It's along the lines of like Castles of Burgundy kind of carpe diem. It's an old looking. euro. Yeah. But man, it's just really interesting. I'm not really sure why people don't really talk about it anymore, but I still really enjoy it. And one more thing that I'd like to add about that, if you want to try it. Uh, you've got to play it on Brett Spielwald if you want to do it a digital version. And you've got to look in their old games directory. It's definitely something kind of older and the UI isn't great. But you can give it a try for free and I highly recommend doing so. It's actually also available on Yucata if you want to try it there. A little more accessible. but I did not know that until now. Uh, still super fun, so check it out. My number five is Castles of Burgundy. Uh, I mean, what what can I say about Castles of Burgundy that hasn't already been said a thousand times over by a thousand different people on the Geek and other game podcasters and video content creators? It's just a fantastic game extremely thinky for me lots of depth looks not the best game I actually don't mind how it looks but it does get I mean I like it better than the looks of Carpe Diem you know what I mean but that's true but you're right it's not shiny it's not colorful you know yeah you've got a little bit of luck you've got a little bit of skill you've got it's just a really nice great game and we put off playing it for way too long i think because you have dice rolling and tile placement and i just yeah it has lots of things that i like a lot so my number five castles of burgundy number four my number four is a game by Dirk Hen. 
It has roughly 110 kajillion expansions to it, and that is Alhambra. Hmm. Uh, Alhambra is probably the second tile laying game that I ever played. Uh, you're building a fantastic palace. Well, you're building the Alhambra, I guess. I'm not sure why I had to try to make it more <laughs> generic. Um, but you've got different buildings, and they score in different ways depending on what round you're playing. You've got... Well, because you're all competing for color. Exactly. You're all competing for color. It's kind of like um, area control. A little bit, yeah. I never thought about it like that. Area control, but you're building on your own. Well, you're just trying to control each color, but that's interesting. But the thing that really makes this stand out are all of the expansions to it. We've got the big box, and the base game's good, but the expansions take this one to the next level. You've got just so many different little modules and even though we own the original big box there's been enough content to create a second big box full of more expansions you've got things like the ability to get change if you pay more than the exact amount you've got bridges that uh can kind of cover gaps in your walls because you've got to have uh kind of a continuous wall around your area, but it needs to be walkable. You've got variable color ranking, like instead of a set score board, it might be that a different color of tiles worth more points. Just so, so much variability, and we haven't even played with all of them. We've had this big box for years. And this big box is so outdated, like... Right now on Kickstarter, they're doing a campaign for Alhambra Rollin' Right. And in that campaign, you can buy a mega box of Alhambra. And that's supposed to be everything ever released for Alhambra, including that um, designer expansions, which is 17 expansions, which we don't even have. And they made it larger tiles. So it's still super popular that they can come out, like, much less a big box, but this, like, mega box. I'm so tempted by that Kickstarter, but it's so much money. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at, uh, like, 230 or something to, to kick it, but I just find it interesting that it has such staying power. It's a really, really good game. My number four... Is much, much newer. It's from 2012. It also got a super crazy addition, and that's Suburbia. Oh. We do not have the super shiny edition with the crazy tower and everything, but we do have a lot of the expansions. And even though the first time I played it, I played with someone that got a rule wrong, so it was a little iffy, but I still really enjoyed it. And you are buying tiles from a market and placing them in your own little city. And it's everything scores in relation to other things. So 
but it's it's I would think one of the most SimCity esque ones because you don't want you know the factory by the school and that sort of thing and it can be really cutthroat with the tiles because someone can take the tile that you really need to get you a whole bunch of points and just make it a lake and flip it over. So there is a little bit of hate drafting, but I just really enjoy it. And but it is it can be really tight with money. Like so tight. You can get to the point where you're like, "Oh, I guess I'll build a lake or I guess I'll build this free tile or so you have to be really careful. It's very unforgiving. If you mess up in the beginning, you're going to be hurting most of the game. And that is actually why it is only an honorable mention for me. Mm, I love Suburbia, but the last few times that we've played, we ended up having such a negative time. I don't know if it's because we both screwed up in the beginning or because we mixed in expansion tiles, but we weren't playing with the full expansion rules, so things weren't kind of optimized. I wanted to have more fun with Suburbia the last few times, and it just it wasn't there for me. But I know I love that game, so it was really hard to leave it off my list. I'm Well, you can fall out of love with the game. It's true. I it's mean, very true. Alhambra's not on my list. What? I'm shocked. Number three. Another crossover. I have a feeling the rest of my list will be a crossover. It is Steffenfeld's masterpiece, Castles of Burgundy. From 2011. And everything the husband's already said. It's just a lot of fun. It just brings a lot to the table. And it's always just solid. It's it's a really dependable game. Dependable. I like that. What are your thoughts on the upcoming Castles of Tuscany? I actually don't know anything about it. I haven't seen any new information being released. But I'll be excited to try it. Yeah, I mean, if if it's anything like the original, I'm going to be really excited. I mean, Feld's a genius. I'm sure that he could find some way to improve an already great game. Going to be interesting to see that one. Definitely. My number three is the newest game on my list. I see that smile. The Traintopia. It's Traintopia. If you listen to our podcast on Traintopia... You heard me wax poetic about how much I enjoyed that game. Number three, enjoy? Number three, enjoy. Wow. Out of everything else, I just liked that game so much. Being able to have all of the different ways that you can play a single tile, being able to score in the middle of a route... The strategy of do I play this customer now or do I play this customer later? Or passenger, not customer. Um, And not knowing which wooden pieces are going to be available. Just all of it add up to a really just 
they make me happy. It's it's a light enough game that I think that we can break that out and be done in half an hour. Just, I can't recommend this game enough. Uh, I agree. It's like bright and colorful. and I mean, it definitely didn't make my list, but I did enjoy playing it. Number two. My number two is a little bit of crossover. Um, it's a choir. Ah. It's... I don't know if it's the first tile-laying game, but if not the first, one of the first, and Sid Saxon just knocked it out of the park. It's great. Uh, just a great game. You've got lots of tension... Uh, between who is going to be building what, how to expand, mergers of your utilities or chains. It just really has it all. It's one of my favorite games to play when you've got four people, which, if you know us or have listened, you know, doesn't really happen all that often for our uh, little twosome here. Uh, but it it's just a great game, and there have been so many versions over the years. My Holy Grail game, in terms of the version that I want to acquire. He. That's, yeah, I walked right into that, didn't I? Is the uh, Avalon Hill 1999 edition, where instead of hotels like most of the versions or utility companies like uh, the version that we currently own you're acquiring dot-com companies it's got the nice plastic board it's the original rectangular board shape and it's very much a product of its time uh, but I love the aesthetic of that version I think that the one that we have now is probably a close second which is the most current release of it. My number two has already also been said, and that's Galaxy Trucker. I love Galaxy Trucker. It's I just love building my spaceship so it can be torn apart and I die. But I just really enjoy it. It's real-time tile lane. You don't find it that often. No. And it's just really fun. Like, oh, I'm going to put my engine here and I'm going to put batteries here. And oh, crap, I forgot to attach something here. And I just, I love that game so much. It's just so fun. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but it sure is mine. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's just, it's never going to leave our collection. Uh, I do have a question for you about it, though. Sure. What do you think about the Rough Roads expansion and all of the let's make this damn near impossible game even harder? I like it. I've only I've mostly only played the Rough Road expansions on the app, which is really good, by the way. Um, and so you carry like a specific heavy load, so it makes you slower or really uh, volatile like dynamite kind of stuff or things like that. And I think if you play it all the time, 
I think it's a great expansion because then it gives you even more stuff to do. Like if you ever find that it's easy, which would be crazy, but you know, if you play it all the time, maybe. I think it is. I think it's a great expansion. And now the moment you probably just fast forwarded to number one. I'm getting the feeling that we're going to have the same number one. I mean, it has to be, right? Neither of us have mentioned it, and it's pretty much the definition of tile laying games. The elephant in the room, or should I say the meeple in the room. My number one is Carcassonne. And my number one is also Carcassonne. Because when I think tile laying game, that is the first one that comes to mind, and it is still a fantastic game. It came out 20 years ago. Wow. In 2000. And that's just crazy. Like, I still enjoy it. We have most of the expansions before the new art. And we just play with all of it. It takes a while, but, like, absolutely everything. The little ghost ones. My favorite piece in the whole game, of course, is the builder. Of course. Um, it's just so great. It's so fun granted some of the ex some of the expansions got a little ridiculous well yeah princess but... and dragon a little bit ridiculous you all know our thoughts on the tower yeah um and the catapult you know i actually don't think we have the catapult we don't have the catapult and we don't have princess and dragon yeah but the great majority of the expansions add something unique and something cool and uh, I mean, given my holy trinity of expansions for Carcassonne, uh, I'd stack that up against practically any other game in existence as being fantastic. The holy trinity being the river, traders and builders, and inns and cathedrals. In case you guys don't know, in Carcassonne you pull tiles from a bag and you are building on a communal map... So you don't have separate things, but the way you claim things separately is you have little meeples, and that's where that's the original meeple, right? It is the original meeple, as yeah. far as I'm aware. As far as I know, that's where the actual meeple, it's the first instance of it. And it's actually the first tile laying game I ever played. Me too. I mean, unless you want to go down the rabbit hole of dominoes as a tile laying game, you guys. Well, you know, I was just thinking about that, like, when we were talking about Acquire. If Acquire's a tile laying game, is Scrabble a tile laying game? I think that you could argue that Scrabble's a tile, a tile laying game. And it, as much as I love word games, it wouldn't make my top ten. Oh, I, I hate Scrabble, but I was just thinking about that, like, if you go down that rabbit hole, Dominoes... Scrabble, like, but I really, I really think of Carcassonne as like the grandfather, the tile. quintessential. Yeah, well, no, like the grandfather of tile laying games, and maybe it made it really popular. I'm not sure. I mean, if you've never played Carcassonne, there are a thousand different ways to do it. You've got really good Android apps. There was an amazing version that came out for the Xbox 360. I played a ton of that when I was first getting into gaming. I think it's really good. 
Um, except, of course, if you play it online and then everybody's super mean, but super cutthroat. And if there is something that you like, there's probably a version of Carcassonne for it. There's a Star Wars Carcassonne. There's an Amazon Carcassonne. There's Hunters and Gatherers. Like, there's so many different flavors. There's the castle. There's the one where the map was going away because you were traveling. Yeah, traveling to the west. Forgot what that was. Um, Ark of the Covenant, maybe? No. Uh, Ark of the Covenant was the one where you had, there were wolves with the flocks of sheep. Um, that, that one was a little bit weird. The map where it moves is New World. And I didn't, I didn't love that one because your meeples went away. Like, in the original, you can put it down, and if you don't finish an inn or a city or whatever, it just hangs out till you either finish it or you still get points in the end. But in New World, it just went away. Yeah, I, I didn't like that. You know, th- there are enough variants of Carcassonne that we could probably put out a top ten variants of Carcassonne That's true. podcast. But uh, it, it's just such a good game. I'm, I'm really sad they changed the art because I'm intrigued by some of the newer expansions, like Under the Big Top. I don't know about that. Um, it just looks adorable because it's about the circus. We all know that you have a weakness for a circus theme. That's true. It's new art, so I don't know how that would work, but it's just really good. And there you have it, our top ten tie-laying games. So what were your honorable mentions that didn't make it? Uh, The honorable mentions that I had, I've got two that I had to eliminate because they were card-based and not tile-based. Dream Home and Viceroy. Both really fun, both solid, uh, but I think you could argue that you're building a tableau instead of tile-laying. And then uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill. I, it's kind of tile-laying. Ah. I really like the game, but that's, I don't think it's a, enough of the attraction of the game. The attraction is the haunt. I feel like you're just building up the board. It's not really you're building something. Does that make sense? Like, they just made setting up the game part of the game, I feel, in that one. Yeah, didn't quite make it. Like, nobody owns those tiles. You don't really... I don't know. I I don't think that would go in my list. What are your honorable mentions? I didn't really have that many. I thought maybe Indian Summer. I didn't really have many Polyomino games except Baron Park, but, um, yeah. Now, to be fair, we do... There are a couple games that are in our pile yeah uh highly regarded ones that we haven't yet played terraforming mars cloud spire and isle of cats i haven't played any of those so that's why they are not on there other ones that you might be thinking huh i wonder why that's not on there i actually don't enjoy these ones patchwork it's fine vikings has kind of fallen out of favor with me it's kind of samey yeah it's uh, did we sell it the last round, or is it 
uh, on the sale shelf. I don't remember. Unsure. Uh, Ex Libris. Did you play that one? I didn't get to play that one. Uh, I played a friend's copy. Yeah, you did. It's the books. It's the books. And you have to put them in order. And if you have, like, too many green books or... I don't think I was playing that time. And if I was, it clearly did not leave much of an impression on me. Well, hold on. Just pause it. I'll look it up. Okay. This pause brought to you by Board Game Stats, where we keep all of our games played and track my uh, current winning and losing streaks because Cardboard Mama wins most of the time, and we've got the statistics to prove that. It's a great app, and they're not sponsoring us, but if you love playing board games, and if you love statistics, and if you love being able to say... I was about to say, if you love the stats of your games, then I would definitely recommend this. You totally did play this game. Wow. And you won by one point. <laughs> okay. So, uh, no ex libris. What are some other dishonorable mentions? <laughs> I don't even remember. Um, dishonorable mentions. I like that a lot. Um, it was just not memorable and really boring. And clearly you confirm it because you don't even remember playing this game. And that's sad because that theme seemed awesome. I love that theme. Um, Subterra. That one's actually kind of blowing up right now. Um, like I'm seeing it in a lot of places. And I just did not love it. I don't get the hype. Um, I love exploration games. And that's what you're doing. You're in a cave trying to get out. If I remember correctly. Um, And it was just really boring. Eh. I like that other cave game better and we got rid of that one too. That other cave game, by the way, is The Cave. Oh, well there you go. Um, And I agree with you on that. And then ones, I wasn't sure if I would classify them as tile land games. Azul? No. Because, well, and then, but by my definition, it wouldn't be. Yeah. I mean, unless you're arguing, you're building a stained glass mosaic. Or not stained glass, but painted tile. Tapestry? It's such a minor part of the game. That's why I didn't... it's not a major part because if you say that tapestry has it, well, then Ascendant, Star Trek Ascendancy has it. And by that logic, you could say that most 4X games have it. Exactly. So I didn't go down that rabbit hole. Downfall of Pompeii. That one was hard to really. You're not building something and don't just, like, I know that. People are like, well, you're destroying something. That's kind of like... Well, you're building a lava flow, I guess. But to me, the biggest part of the game is putting them out and then trying to race to get out. Not necessarily where you're putting it. Because you don't have much control. It tells you, like, you need to place in the scroll area. Eh. Yeah. Which is not to say that we don't adore that game. Oh, I love that game. That's why I was like, is that one? But it doesn't. But ultimately I decided yeah, no. It's a part of it, but I kind of feel like we're just kind of controlling a little bit of like the game itself. Yeah. Like it's going to come out and you can pick like this square or this square. That's really only your choices. On our two play pile, 
feature some tiling games that we actually haven't gotten to yet. In the Hall of the Mountain King. Which we just punched. Fields of Green and CO2. And I suppose you could technically add Terraforming Mars to that list since we've got the app and we just haven't tried it yet. That's not in our physical. I don't really count digital games. It kind of counts, I think. No. We need to end on a happier note than... Well, I know. What what other things do you have? No, I don't have anything. I had a whole sheet of extra stuff. I didn't. Because you're like, I have a whole sheet of extra stuff. So there you go, folks. Enjoy. So that is our top tiling games. I'm sure we've missed some. So feel free to contact us about ones that are your favorites that we should check out. Because it really is one of my favorite game mechanisms. Have feedback or just want to say hi? Come find me on BoardGameGeek at KittyPaws9 and on Instagram at BoardGameDame. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Cardboard Mama, telling tales of either being at the board game table or the changing table. Catch new episodes every Sunday. Takes all that I have.